Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast, starring your defending champion, Cascade Bear, Stirk Daddy, Justin STP6, Andy Pollock, Randy Santarelli, D. Slackey, the debut of House Deets, Candle Still Lit, Little Slads, WGL 1035, Prince Palmer 17, Lefty 79, and Bucks in 6. Welcome in to the Four at the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are starting this week our team profile section of the podcast, or I guess, you know, you could say the segments regarding team breakdowns. And for episode one, kicking it off, we have our inaugural champion. So the very first champion of our league, we have Randy Santarelli, formerly known as Amelia Clark Fan, now known as 200M All. Thanks for joining, Randy. Oh, it's been a fun rebrand after achieving a 25,000-hour goal of mine. You know, for a while, we thought you were going to change to Chick-fil-A fan club. <laughs> I became a, um, uh, it's like a platinum uh, member um, for 2022. Like, that's like, after, like you spent $1,000 at Chick-fil-A uh, in 2021, and then you get like, the the like uh, like if you have the app you can see like what um like membership you kind of qualify for based on uh how much you spend at chick-fil-a and i have the uh like the highest package for like the most spend (laughs) chick-fil-a so it would have been applicable not a sponsor either just good eats (laughs) all right so the very first kind of the to tell you all listeners how this is going to work, we have six sections that each team and I are going to discuss. Obviously, for teams that were not part of our startup, they're just going to kind of analyze the prior owner and you know how they handled the startup. So it's going to be funny because Candle Still Lit is going to analyze not only Spaceballs and his roster management, but also our good friend Rowdy. So, like, but most of our owners, managers, I should say, have had the tank team for the entire league existence. So Randy is one of those members. The six sections include number one being the startup draft. So that was when we first created the league uh, three years ago now. Uh, second includes our in-season performance. So you're going to see with Randy, he's going to go season by season. We've only ran for three years. Third is we're going to look at the team as of the date in which they record in their current roster. So that's players only. Fourth is going to be what is the air viewed as current plan. So what is the hope for their franchise? You know, are they in a rebuild? Are they contending? Are they all in? Are they looking to trade? Um, Are they looking for a young team? Fifth is going to be their current pick status. So obviously we only know picks for 22, 23, and 24 at the moment. And then six is we're just going to do an analysis of the trades that they have done in the league thus far. So the very first thing Randy and I are going to be covering is the startup draft. So Randy and I both have up the website that shows our startup draft. Um, 
This took place in the year, it would have been 2000 and what, 2019 actually is when the startup tra- draft took place. It took place, obviously, I think it was over a couple weeks, if I recall. Yeah, it was, it was over like July and August, mm-hmm. and uh, people were on the clock for, I think it was eight hours. One of the days, like you were on the clock for like uh, shorter periods of time. Yeah, weekends. I don't know if it, like weekends you were on it for maybe six, four, I don't know. But um yeah, like that that took a long time to, to draft and because of that you were able to put a lot more thought into who it was that you were drafting. And as a result, there's probably far more drafts in a uh, pre like in a startup draft and probably you'll see in most drafts as well. And some of these picks are just comical when you look and like not even I'm not specifically talking about your team, but if you look at some of these players that were taken in the very early rounds and where they are now, it's like, what? Like, obviously, we can't project that, which makes it very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing changes. uh, No sport changes as quickly as football does, and all it takes is maybe a couple injuries or changes in scenery or scenario to completely flip someone's uh, situation for the better or the worse. So I'm going to let you kind of break down what you saw from your, your startup draft. You know, you can go pick by pick if you wanted to, um, right, kind I'll, of your approach, uh, whatever you'd wanted to go. Yeah. So I'll, I'll mainly just more so touch on like my first, um, uh, like 10 picks is that was more so like the core. Um, so my first pick that I had was I had the, what, I had the ninth pick in Correct. the draft and I picked Odell. Uh, a couple of names that went after Odell were Devonte Adams, Nick Chubb, Mike Thomas, Juju, and Julio. So, the reason why I went with Odell there was uh, that was Odell getting traded to the Browns. Baker Mayfield had just finished off like statistically the best rookie season that a quarterback had ever had. You know, he set the touchdown record and didn't even play in all the games. And with Odell going there, I. And Odell having been extremely productive in his time in New York, um, my expectations for Odell and Baker were that they were going to, you know, combine just be uh, a real great combination for years to come. And that un- obviously and unfortunately wasn't the case. Uh, I would have been way better off picking like Devonte Adams would have been the better pick to go with. And but. You know, like that that was my reasoning as to why I went with um, Odell with the, my, my first pick. My second pick that I had, I traded up in the second round um, and I picked Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook, uh, I'm a Vikings fan and like, I mean, there, there's obviously like a fan bias that goes into it. But like for the time, this was after his rookie season. And like you could see that like he he had it, and I mean he still hasn't had a full healthy season, but like when healthy, like he's he's a top five he's a top five like um, running back when healthy. So like I traded up to pick Dalvin, and he's been phenomenal this whole time. Uh, the next pick that I had, it was the very next pick, uh, and I picked Mike Evans. So. Mike Evans with that, this was um, still when Jameis was the quarterback there. And, you know, that that dude's like, and I mean, thankfully he's had Brady for the last two, but, you know, like he has had very high volume quarterback play over the last three years. And he's still young. And at that time, I think he was 25. 
And yeah, he was 25 at that time. And he's, he's been real good the whole time that I've had him. I didn't um, have any picks for a little bit as I had traded up for that one. But the next uh, couple picks I'll discuss here um, was I picked um, Darius Geis in the fourth round. That was a uh, very bad pick. Um, <laughs> def- definitely like my worst overall pick in the draft. And be- like, like he was kind of okay when he um, wasn't beating people, but due to all of the like off the field issues, like he just ended up being a major flop. But and like I, he 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 also like missed his like rookie season pretty much entirely due to injury as well. And then when he got healthy, he got in trouble. So that was bad. Um, there was a lot that I could have done differently there. So. Like that, that one hurts the most, like, <laughs> but moving, moving on, like the re- and the reason why I picked that is, you know, he's 21 years old and like thought it'd be a real, like I've, he pretty much ended up being what, or Antonio Gibson pretty much ended up being what I thought that Darius Geis would before then. Um, next after that, I picked, uh, I traded up and I picked Russell Wilson in the sixth. Uh, most people had picked quarterbacks at that point, um, besides Justin, who had still yet to have one. And I knew that he was gonna he was gonna go for it. He was gonna go for a quarterback there. Um, had like Russ drop to him, but I was able to trade up and I picked I picked Russ there. Phenomenal first two seasons, and but this last season he was injured. Uh, in the seventh round, I picked Darius Leonard. And that was based off of I had never been in a league in which there were IDPs before, and let alone like dynasty ones. Darius Leonard had come off of an all pro, like he was the number one IDP in fantasy as a rookie. Um, and with how the like sleeper, um, like when you do those, like the drafts, like sleeper kind of projects like what the like. Like it, it kind of gives like rankings on them and like he was ranked like way higher than even when I picked him. And I thought that, and now obviously as our scoring has increased for IDP, there's more value in there, but if I could do it again, I definitely wouldn't have gone IDP, but that was um, like the reason why I went with that is because like the sleeper rankings had him as like, might've been like the 40th ranked player in dynasty to draft with the way that our scoring was. So probably getting him in the seventh round was, uh, would have been fine. Um, In the, Eighth round, I had two different picks, um, and I picked Tevin Coleman, who <laughs> was still kind of popping off with the Falcons, um, and like he ended up not uh, continuing the like good play that he had had. And also in the eighth round, I picked Christian Kirk, um, who I later ended up trading. Uh, and then I'll just touch on last, who was Curtis Samuel. I picked in the tenth round, who I ended up also trading. And uh, the only other like notable pick that I would have had after that was Dallas Goddard in the seventeenth round. Holy that shit. would be like, yeah, that that was my like highest value pick was probably Goddard in the seventeenth. McLaughlin um, on the twenty third. <laughs> I mean, he's been yeah he had himself a good little stretch here with uh, oh. with Lawrence, but yeah, that was uh, like I definitely blew it uh, in the first like. 
Yeah, it would have been way better to have picked Chubb or Adams. I ended up trading for Chubb as well. Uh, and Julio, who also then went after. But, um, yeah, the... I, I just really was banking on... Like, if you if you just look at, like, what had transpired before with, um, like, Odell and Baker, it looked like it was going to be a real great uh, situation for Baker to thrive with Odell. And it just didn't end up being that. But, you know, like definitely like picked up on that with like like made up for that pick with Dalvin and Evans and Russ like those three picks like really helped mask how bad the picks of like Darius Geis uh and Odell were and I mean Odell is just kind of not great but he's produced for you now yeah. if you count how many players that you did in the startup and you still have today there's eight and you know how many yeah. do you think that you drafted from this vet draft around twenty five ish? I guess obviously yeah. you wouldn't have to count, but yeah. so you've kept eight. Yeah. Now, to be honest, that might be well. Some of their teams might have kept most of their players, but do you think eight is kind of higher around the average for what uh, most teams have done? It, I mean, it, it's just going to be a blind guess, and I would say that that's probably a little bit less mm-hmm. than the average amount of, yeah. of that I. Like just that would just be a guess because, like the yeah, I, I, that I'm just gonna guess it'd probably be a little yeah. bit less than average. But and I haven't and I and I'm definitely on the lower end of amount of trades made. So I'm not sure how that really works. Yeah. But um, there was I mean because it was technically part of our startup. I just wanted to pull up your 2019 rookie draft. Um, yeah, so with that, I got Miles Sanders in the first round, and um, like so that was pick one oh six. Yeah, so he like going into that draft, um, like I felt like I really needed to get a tight end. Like my top tight ends after the initial draft were Trey Burton, <laughs> who had signed that big deal with the Bears to be their starting um, tight end after the uh, like you know Philly Philly, and then like Dallas Goddard, who I knew was still like a couple years away from like being his own tight end on the Eagles. So those are my two tight ends. And like heading into that draft, I was going to pick TJ Hawkinson that he dropped to me, but he didn't. So um, like, I just went with Miles Sanders cause he was listed as uh like best player available. And, you know, looking back on it, like having Russ already in the bank, I probably should have gone with the, um, you know, with uh, DK Metcalf, who went, like, the pick after. So that was a little bit of a miss there. But, like, Miles Sanders played so spectacularly as a rookie that, like, I went to, you know, and I'll get into, like, the success that I had, like, his rookie season. Like, I don't know if I would have had, like, ended up winning the Super Bowl had I gone with DK Metcalf instead of Miles Sanders for their like rookie seasons respectively. But um, I, I should have like gone more so for the stack on that. So the two Oh seven, then you got AJ Brown, which mm. so Sturt got Debo at the two Oh nine. That obviously looks pretty good back in return now, but and now cascade has them. But so you had AJ Brown with the two Oh seven. And at, you know, if we look at value of all these picks, I'd say that was the steal of the draft. Do you agree? Uh, I mean, it, that him and Debo are like, uh, like Debo really popped off this year. For the first 
two for the first two years though like i definitely had the you know if you were like to evaluate it after only two years i had the best like two-year return mm. on like that draft especially if you, if you include miles um so you know a lot of luck is involved in the draft and for the first you know two years of that draft i definitely won that um real big mm. but you know as the future is developed here like you know Debo starting to pop off here and uh like miles sanders took significant steps back but like that draft went like it went extremely well for me and there's only a couple ways that it could have possibly gone better yeah. so that's really it for our start of draft i mean do you want to dig into any of your other rookie drafts or kind of just wait till we get to the roster I'll, I'll kind of go through those as like you know kind of go by the season uh i have like the picks that i made sure. so we'll, we'll we'll address those like after the i'll talk about the our first season and then they'll talk about like my rookie picks after that season was over all right so let's get into just your in-season for performance obviously we've only had three seasons so um that's really all we have to talk about uh let's Go ahead and start right away with 2019, which is clearly the the bright spot of your franchise yeah. as you won the very first championship for our league. Yeah, so I mean, it's hard to say that it's been downhill since because, like, I still have, like, so starting off 2019, yeah, I had the uh, number two record in the regular season. Um, the highlights of the uh, regular season, uh, I'll kind of list off the trades that I made during those season during that season. So. I traded uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for Matt Breida and Cam Newton. At that time, Matt Breida had had, like, 450 yards in the first, like, seven games of the season. So, like, he was on pace for over 1,000 yards. And Cam was injured at that point. Uh, so, like, I got Breida and Cam. I then pretty quickly traded Breida uh, 2021 first a 2022 first, a 2021 second, and a 2022 second for Nick Chubb. So those picks that I traded, they ended up becoming, um, if I could pull it up here, the... So th those picks that I traded away ended up becoming Rashad Bateman was um, the 2022 first... Or 21, um, 22, we haven't done I'm sorry. Yet. Sorry. Yeah, the, the 2021 first. And, uh, actually, yes. Uh, so so the, I gave up uh, Rashad Bateman and the, well, he ended up trading away those picks anyways, but um, that, that, first, that pick that I used ended up becoming Bateman in the first round. Yeah. And the 2021 second round ended up becoming Amon Ra St. Brown. So that's pretty who, good picks. They are, uh, but like he traded those picks, and, obvi so, and obviously those picks might have you, you know where you would have ended up in the draft would have been a little bit different had you not had Nick Chubb because you would not have won yeah. as many games. Correct, uh, and I like wouldn't have won the Super Bowl either. But so like that, like that's who those two ended up um, becoming. And uh, the 2022, I we've yet to see what those other two picks are to be yet but it's like the ones that are scheduled as my first and second round picks for for this season or like for this upcoming draft here in a couple months that was who i gave up so like 
obviously with it, trading picks that are you know multiple years in the future it's really hard to predict like the butterfly effect of that i'm so happy with like with how that ended up um you know like the result of that but like i probably wouldn't have like i'm i'm trying to think like if i was in that situation i probably wouldn't have taken uh amon ra st brown like due to like what had like when we drafted that and where like I probably wouldn't have picked him in that. I probably would have gone with like Kenneth Gainwell. Like as I look at the board here, yeah. that probably would have been who my second round pick would have been. So, like my my, I I probably would have taken Bateman, but Bateman or Fryermuth, mm-hmm. um, and then Gainwell. That would have been like for that. So I mean, we'll see uh, what ends up happening with those first and second here. I don't know if he still owns those ones, but obviously he got rid of those ones that I had there. Uh, another trade that I made, and this one was with you. I traded Curtis Samuel, a 2020 first round pick, which ended up becoming Joe Burrow. Uh, but you traded that pick to Andy, so obviously, like, you know, the the picks end up being all different. But uh, I maybe would have gone with, as I look at it, maybe T Higgins. Or yeah, like, but. So, like, the pick that I traded... So, I traded Curtis Samuel, a 2021st and a 2022nd for Julio Jones and a fourth-round pick. So, the the first-round pick that I gave up ended up becoming Joe Burrow at through numerous trades to Andy. And then the second-round pick ended up becoming Antonio Gibson through numerous trades, ending up um, with Cascade. So, um, the I, And I got, in return, Julio and a fourth-round pick... Uh, in 2021, which ended up being becoming Davis Mills. Mm. So the initial like shock factor, like you could say, oh, you traded, you know, Joe Burrow. Hey, had I not made that trade, I would not have won the Super Bowl. So, and I'll, I'll go into that uh, like when we get to the Super Bowl matchup. But the last trade that I made was I traded Christian Kirk for Marquez Valdez Scantling. A first round, a 2021 first, and a 2023rd. So that was with Justin. And the first round pick that I got, I used on Trevor Lawrence. And the third round pick that I got, I traded um, to Will for Alexander Madison. Mm. That pick ended up being used on Tyler Johnson. So, yeah, I mean, really kind of traded Christian Kirk for Trevor Lawrence, Alexander Madison, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. So talking about the season a little bit, I had a first round bye with the number two seed, and I played against league favorite uh, Rowdy in the second round. I beat him by 17 points, and I was carried by Julio, who scored 38, and Miles Sanders, who scored 35. So, you know, the Julio putting out that amazing performance, um, helping carry me to the Super Bowl, and then in the Super Bowl. Uh, I won the Super Bowl over Ryan. I won by seven points. The week of the Super Bowl, I made a free agency move in which I I picked up Fred Warner. And in the Super Bowl, Fred Warner then had a pick six, which, <laughs> <laughs> like, that was, like, the like deciding factor between me winning the Super Bowl and not was picking up an IDP. Um, 
in the Super Bowl, I was carried again by Julio and Miles Sanders. Uh, Julio had 27 for me. And I, you know, looking at like my bench lineup that I had in that Super Bowl, I had no one else even touch like eight points that could have filled his spot. So, uh, what could initially be looked at in hindsight as an overpay for Julio Jones, especially given how he has performed over the last two years, I wasn't going to win the Super Bowl without him. You know, he scored 38 to get me to the Super Bowl and scored 27 in the Super Bowl. And I, I, I just straight up would not have won the Super Bowl without him. Um, Miles Sanders coming up clutch. I did not have Dalvin Cook for the Super Bowl, so it was pretty good to like still win it without him. So that was pretty much like that the highlight of the you know inaugural season ending up in the Super Bowl. So you know getting to see that the trades that I made um, like had a significant impact on like like the on the league's um, finish that season because otherwise it would have been Rowdy versus Ryan in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that would have been very interesting. And Julio came up big for me. Absolutely. And and like Miles Sanders has really fallen from grace since then. So what about the 2020 season? You can talk about, did you want to throw in your 2020 draft then as well? Yeah, so um, I'll kind of talk a little bit here um, more so about like, so let me pull up the draft here was the... The 2020 rookie draft. I mean, I didn't really have anything. I uh, I, <laughs> I only had I I had one pick, and that was Adam Troutman. So <laughs> Which like, everybody thought you were taking Thaddeus Moss. Yeah, yeah, but hey, man, like Troutman wasn't a terrible pick, and like it was the best. Like looking at it here, like that was the best pick available. Yeah. Um. So like <laughs> that that was my only pick. So I don't really have much to talk on for that. But I'll talk. I'll talk. I'll, like I'll talk about like some of the trades that I'm like in the off season that I made before then though. Okay. So uh, I traded a 2022 uh, third round pick for Dwayne Haskins. That was before he got cut from then Redskins. Uh, that pick is still to be determined, but uh, he had a bad rookie season. But I felt like uh, a third round pick for him would have been fine. And uh, then he ended up getting himself cut in the middle of his sophomore season. Yeah. Um, I traded a third round. So, yeah, like I t- talked about Alexander Madison before. Like I traded a th- the third round pick that I got from um, Justin. I traded that third round pick and Tevin Coleman for Alexander Madison before the draft. Um, and since that, like Madison has shown to be like possibly the best handcuff in football with a combination of his performances and like Dalvin's health. Um. And, like, those were the trades that I made before then. Other than, like, we, you and I had one. This was when we kind of sw- swipped, whopped a bunch of picks. So this was, I gave you the 20, I gave you in the 2020 draft my third and fourth round pick and a 2021 fourth. You gave me a 2020 fourth, a 2021 third, and Adrian Peterson. <laughs> so... What we may have thought was a joke at that time. Uh, do you want to know who those players that you traded me ended up becoming? Sure. All right. So the fourth round pick, I, like, I, yeah, I used on Troutman, which, not, I mean, that's probably what you could expect for a fourth round pick. But the the third round pick that you gave me in that uh, little joke was Mac Jones. Hmm. 
And then obviously I, then I had got to use Adrian Peterson, who I think was like the 30th or 35th ranked running back that year. So not great, but flex on some bad bye weeks. Uh, and then after that draft, I traded Kyle Allen, who was then like the backup for the Redskins um, for a 2021 fifth round pick who I ended up uh, spending on Brevin Jordan mm, later. Looked decent. Yeah. Yeah. And he's their starter. So that was kind of like my off season heading into 2020. So, and I'll say this as well, uh, missed op- biggest missed opportunity. Um, I-, I was offered pretty much like the package that I gave up for Chubb. I was off, and I won't say who, but I was offered two firsts and two seconds for Miles Sanders at like heading into 2020. Really? Yeah. And like, so here's me. I had just won the Super Bowl. Miles Sanders was a top 15 running back as a rookie, yeah. and he played part-time for the first, like, six weeks of the season. Uh, so it was like, okay, like, that's – I'm trying to compete, man. and So I turned it down, and, like, it did – it would have ended up being fantastic had I obviously made that move, yeah. but – I mean, the way that I looked at that at that time was that's probably like based on that time, that probably was about what he was worth. And I wasn't looking to acquire picks. I was looking to try to win games. So to talk about then the 2020 season, I did not get a first round by. Uh, I ended up and a lot of that, like I ha- I had a ton of injuries that season. So. I'll kind of highlight them. Dalvin Cook missed two games. Nick Chubb missed four. A.J. Brown missed two. Odell <laughs> missed ten. Julio Jones missed seven games. He also left two games early. Uh, Dallas Goddard missed five games. And, yeah, like, Miles Sanders, you know, fresh off of being a top 15 uh, running back as a rookie part-time, he then went on to miss four games, left another one early. Uh, Joey Bosa, who was my top D lineman, he missed four games. Darius Leonard missed two games. So, you know, I dealt with just a significant amount of injuries, and, like, I ended up getting the third seed. So uh, I I didn't make any – I don't believe I didn't make any in-season trades. Mm. But the heading into the wild card, I played against uh, Justin, and I beat him by 35. Uh, I then went into the the second round where I was matched up against Cascade. I was projected to win this matchup by 25. I lost by 32. So that hurts. Because um, I felt like that team could have won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The in the third, uh, I then won the third place game. Um, and over like D Sladke and I was favored to win by 53, but I ended up winning by 21. So that was, you know, for third place. So in the money. And I felt like that team probably could have won the Super Bowl, but just man, like you go from projected to win by 25 to losing by 32. That's that, that's bad. Mm-hmm. That was a huge swing. So, Leaving that in, the the 2021 off-season trades that I made, uh, I traded pick 410 for Latavius Murray. I then, shortly thereafter, traded Latavius Murray for pick 
three, uh, the three four. So you basically traded uh, a fourth to go into the third. Yeah, I, I pretty much traded four ten for three four. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so then after after that trade, then I traded pick six oh eight and six. I traded six oh eight for six ten and twenty dollars in fab. Um, and so that, that was all like kind of leading up into the draft. Um, in the draft, then I picked Trevor Lawrence in the first round. Uh, the like one year evaluation of that is I should have picked uh, Devonte Smith. Um, at that time I had no other rosterable quarter. Like I had people on my, like, I had like Andy Dalton and I had trash on my team other than like Russ and with how our scoring is for quarterbacks it's pretty important to have a good one. Like I'll read, I'll read off the, uh, the quarterbacks that I had on my team. I had Cam Newton who had been injured and cut. I had Andy Dalton who like was for the, like he was the backup for the Cowboys at that time. And I had Gardner Minshew who, although he had like a pretty like decent rookie year, like they were gonna replace him. So I had like real, sh- I had no starting quarterbacks on my roster, and with how the scoring in our league is, giving you know priority points to a quarterback, and with the uh, hype of Trevor Lawrence, I felt like okay, like okay, he should probably be a top ten. Like, he's projecting to be a top 10 quarterback for, you know, 10, 12 years. Is that worth this pick? Or do I pick and go ahead and laugh, a dude who's 165 pounds? And I ended up – and at that, like, I would have had at that point, that would have been my third Eagles play – offensive Eagles yeah. player as well with having <clears throat> Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders – Felt like, okay, like this is the best fit for me, and here's what I'm going to do. So I picked Trevor Lawrence. Uh, in the third round, I picked Dwayne Eskridge, who's didn't play much this year. He's the um, That was pretty much the guy that I got for Latavius Murray. In the fifth round, I picked Nick Bolton. He was in real life the second-round pick by the Chiefs, and um, that was from the Kyle Allen trade. And um, in the sixth round, I picked Davis Mills, who was their starting quarterback this year, and probably will be for a couple more years. So that's how my that's how the uh, draft went for me. And picking, after the draft was yeah, so you're missing you're missing two important picks. So on the third, with your actual pick, you took Mac Jones. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you already I, mentioned yeah, that's right, you already mentioned him, and then obviously Brevin Jordan in the fifth. So I guess yeah. those those were all picks that you acquired via trade. In addition to the ones you've already talked about. Yeah, so I feel I feel like this draft, um, I definitely got much more quality depth in it. Although, you know, like if Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn it around, it's gonna be a pretty big like miss. Mm-hmm. But I feel fine. I feel fine about um, like where the players that I got in the other spots. After sometime after the draft, but before the season started, I traded Gardner Minshew. A 2023 third round pick and fourth round pick for Kirk Cousins and Antonio Brown, and that pretty much covers my like my off season that I had. So 
you know, still, still, still competing, still like, okay, you know, I had a ton of injury. Like this was kind of my outlook heading into year three was I won the Super Bowl and then got blasted with injuries, still managed to finish third. You know, the window's wide open. Time to keep, you know, keep competing. So then heading into this, you know, 2021 season, um, I'll kind of talk about some of the trades that I had made um, up until the trade deadline. So after the season started, I picked up and then pretty much immediately traded Max Williams and a 2022 fifth round pick for a 2023, I'm sorry, a 2022 third round pick and a 2023 fifth. So pretty much Max, I picked up Max Williams and traded him away for a third round pick. And then he got injured for the season immediately after that. I traded. I picked up Mike White when he was on a little. Uh, he was on a little tear for the Jets while Zach Wilson was out, and I traded him for Ronald Jones. Uh, I traded Joey Bosa and a fourth round pick in 2022 for a 2022 second round pick. Um, Joey Bosa had been significantly underperforming pretty much the entire time that I had had him, and felt like the moving up from the fourth to the second was you know was worthwhile because josh allen the d lineman by the way i picked in the fourth round uh of the inaugural like rookie draft um he had been out like over the last like season and a half he had been outperforming joey bosa and um so i traded bosa away to like just fully jump into him as my as my guy along with chandler jones as well who's also been great uh because i felt like okay like otherwise i got nothing Nothing new, nothing young coming through the pipeline. So this will help me at least try to get somewhat of a decent prospect. And I traded Miles Sanders. Now, both players were on IR at the time. I traded Miles Sanders uh, 2020. In 2019. He was, but he had dropped off so hard at this point. And, uh, you know, like the – let me pull up what his stats were here. For this season, so Miles Sanders didn't have a, up until that point. Miles Sanders didn't have a single game in which he had more than 15 carries in. Hadn't scored a single touchdown on the year, which, by the way, didn't score a touchdown at all this year. Anyway, like think about that. Like he he went from Super Bowl hero for me in year one, top 50, like here rookie year, rank 14 running back, and that was after like being part-time for the first like half of the season if you look at his stats so like he went from top 15 as a rookie to not even scoring a single touchdown uh his third year he like and the way that their offense has completely changed um you know like they went you know having Carson Wentz where it's gonna be more traditional um style with you know with Doug and Wentz with how they want to run the ball and then you get in um Jalen Hurts here and you know his carries plummeted. So at the time that I traded him, he was on the IR and had had no games of even 15 carries on the season. So trying to get out of him and like, it just was not a good situation for him. So I got rid of him for Kareem hunt who when now both players were on the IR at that time. 
Uh, Kareem Hunt, when he – like, so, okay, pretty much I'm trading a guy that I feel like his value has plummeted. For Kareem Hunt, who in 2020, he was the number 10 running back with the Browns. Then for the first six games of this season, he was also like a top 10 running back as well. While sharing the set, like, you know, sharing the same backfield with uh, with Chubb. So I was like, okay, I'm getting, you know, pro- like, I don't even know if you can kind of call it a handcuff given how much volume they're both getting. So they're both on IR, and I feel like with value to the team, here's the way that, like, would be best for, for me, you know, moving forward, especially since Chubb has missed games as well. Uh, but, you know, Hunt came back from IR, played two games, got nine combined carries and then got hurt again and hasn't been back. So that trade really is not good. So I, again, de- I, I dealt with even more injuries this last season than I did the, the year before. And like, had I been healthy, I definitely would have gotten a, like, I, I understand like the schedule strength and whatnot, but I definitely benefited from, from the scheduling, but I was very close to getting a first round buy. Again, ended up with the third record in the regular season. So to kind of go over um, some of that, yeah, like I lost the last two games of the season against Cascade and Stark, who were the top two seeds. They were both very easily winnable games. And like had I had better optimized my lineups, I would have won. But, uh, you know, like Russell Wilson missed three games, left one game early and then stunk when he came back. Nick Chubb missed three games. Antonio Brown missed 10 came back for for one full game, did well, and then next game, that's when he threw his shoulder pads off and pretty much effectively retired. <laughs> Odell missed three games, got cut, and then signed with the Rams. He at least started to like come along as the season's been uh, as the season kind of came to a close. So I have some optimism for for him. I hope that he stays uh, in LA. Uh, Chandler Jones missed two games. Dallas Goddard missed two games. Darius Leonard, after putting up uh, amazing IDP performance in the wild card, like he missed my, uh, a playoff game for me. Julio Jones missed seven games, left two other games early. AJ Brown missed four games, left another one early. Mike Evans in the playoff in the playoffs for me. He left a game. He got one catch and then left and then missed the next playoff game. Miles Sanders, yeah, he was on the IR and missed several games, and then I traded him. Uh, and then Dalvin Cook also missed four games and left another one early. So, like, I need to <laughs> – my team needs to get healthy. Mm. <laughs> and obviously, you don't get healthier the older you get, so there, there's a lot of concern in that aspect, aspect moving forward. Uh, some of the other highlights um, was picking up Rashad Penny. Uh, and over the last six weeks of the season, he averaged 19 a game. After I, after I praised his potential, he then went on and scored 19 a game over the last six games. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a contract um, that's up, so I don't know if uh, Seattle's going to extend him, or if they're going to keep him, or if he's going to go somewhere else and maybe uh, get a ton, ton of, ton of time. But it was definitely worth the uh, pickup. Uh, I had a stretch where I picked up a lot of players in free agency. Uh, like running backs specifically and blowing all my fab. And that was just because of um, the player that I was going up against. Uh, This was when the Rams ended up having to play a game on Tuesday 
like had one of those players not uh, Daryl Henderson not ended up getting passing COVID protocols. The person did not have a rostered running back that could play. So yeah. that's why I spent all that uh, free agent money. So going into that, I feel like the end of the season, uh, I lost Justin the wild card. I scored 61 points less than what I was projected to do. <laughs> Russ had four points. Evans caught one ball, then left the game. Julio had one point, left the game. And then Odell got one catch and had, like, his worst game of the season. So, I, I like, half my starting lineup picked the worst game of the season or and left early. So, I didn't have a chance. Didn't matter who my opponent was going to be. My, my team just completely flopped, which, you know, kind of goes with, like, the issues um, earlier in the season of everyone being injured. So, yeah, he did a great job and beat me there. So uh, I then won the fifth place game. Um, I followed the uh, a potential roadmap. Had I, had I not traded either Miles Sanders or Joey Bosa, like following like what would have happened, you know, like, like the uh, Marvel TV show, What If? Yeah, but I, I did quite a bit of that after those trades that I had made, which I made those trades at the trade deadline while I was in Cancun. <laughs> so any any of you any of you guys who are oh you know I was too busy to make a trade I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I was in Cancun. You can you can respond. So heading up into this draft now, uh, I have picks 206, which that's the one that I got for Joey Bosa, and uh I have 608. Um those are the picks that I have uh just kind of where my team's at going best player available. So, you know, just kind of see how that goes. Um, on my current taxi squad, I have six players, and I'm planning on, at, at least at this point right now, I'm planning on moving. I'm planning on moving um, four of them up. So, the players that I'm gonna definitely be moving up to my active roster are Mac Jones. Brevin Jordan, Davis Mills, Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, also on my um, taxi squad are Nick Bolton and Kenny Nagangwu. They may not make it um, <laughs> after, like they may not make it uh, to the start of next season. But... Now, if if the punt and kick re- return yards would have been a vote that passed, do you think it would have made uh, Nagangwu or however you say it? more appealing <laughs> i mean yeah like he's uh he didn't play a ton this year he missed the first uh handful of games of the season but he was still the best kick returner in the league mm-hmm. so like and he's the like the rb3 there right now so like there'd be some value in that yeah. um uh, especially since i have you know obviously one and two ahead of him so yep. if the kick return yards would have been something then yeah like it I would definitely have to think about it. Mm-hmm. So, so what about the rest of your roster? So uh, so kind of the rest of my roster. You can go by um, position by position. might be easiest. Okay. So quarterback, I have Russ, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, and Davis Mills. Uh, I think I definitely have the most most quarterbacks on a team out of anyone in the league. Right. And uh, I like the upside of most of these guys. And 
you know, I'm just kind of hoping that one of Trevor Mack or Davis ends up like popping off and Russ can kind of get back to being a Russ. But I feel pretty good about my quarterback room. Uh, I've invested a lot in it and you know, I'm hoping to see the returns of that over the, uh, the next years. Um, running backs, I have Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, um, Rashad Penny, um, Kareem Hunt, and then like a couple other bums that probably like, <laughs> like, like, I ain't gonna spend more more time other than saying his name, Samarje P Ryan, uh, and you know like Ty Johnson. So like, the the core guys are there. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I also have Alexander Madison, the handcuff. Um, receivers, um, Love Antonio Bell. Brown, Odell. What? I said you still got Love Bell on your roster. <laughs> I saw he just got cut the other day. Um, yeah, they, they, uh, he got cut four days ago by the Bucks. So, uh, for receivers, I have Antonio Brown, who the second time now that he has been uh, like presumed re- cut to retirement. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'll at least hold on to him. I have Odell, who started to come on towards the end of the season. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Also in running backs, I do have uh, Ronald Jones, who was projected to be a free agent. Um, he's at least worth mentioning. Um, so, yeah, receivers, Antonio Brown, Odell, uh, Traquan Smith, who, like, when he played, he had a decent stretch this year, but he's, you know, missed the first six games of the season. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, who he was the second-round pick of the Seahawks, hoping to see, you know, him – you know, here's what I here's after I learned from the Metcalf debacle was okay. Maybe I should try to get the stack. Uh, I have Julio, who's just been you know missed more games than he's played um, since winning almost single handedly winning me a Super Bowl. AJ Brown, real great, but he's missed a couple games last couple years. Uh, big surprise uh, this season was KJ Osborne. I picked him up before the season started. Uh, and you know, he was, uh, this year he had 600 yards and seven touchdowns, uh, in his second year. So that was pretty good. I mean, I initially had like picked him up in 2020 and I had him on my, and I had him on my, uh, taxi squad, like as a rookie and then I cut him. So it was good to still be able to get him back up. So, uh, definitely some potential there. And also, yeah, like Mike, Mike Evans, who's, you know, been, a top receiver for his career. The tight end room uh, is pretty productive with Dallas Goddard, uh, who's, you know, top 10 tight end this year, even with missed games. And someone who I picked up a while ago and finally started to get to see the, uh, you know, the fruits of that was uh, Dalton Schultz. So I picked up Dalton Schultz September of 2020. And he didn't really even play too much. In, like, he didn't get injured, but he wasn't even a great player in 2020 because, obviously, like, there was no Dak, and it was just a bad situation. So Blake Jarwin, like, tore his ACL, and I then, like, went and just picked up Dalton Schultz and just kind of left him just on the squad. But this year, Dalton Schultz was tight end number three uh, in PPR and standard. He had over 800 yards and eight touchdowns, so very pleased with uh, his performance this season. And I'll just kind of group the IDPs together. 
the IDP is, I feel like, really underperformed for me this year. Chandler Jones popped off 42 in the first week. And over the last, you know, 14 games, scored 100 points. Hmm. Um, Darius Leonard, he was still the, he was the number three linebacker this year for his position with like having missed a game. He's still really good, just needs to try to stay healthy. Um, Harrison Smith, uh, is just a guy at this point in terms of fantasy, but he is an all-decade level player. Uh, Tyron Matthews entered pr- the chat. <laughs> I primarily, I primarily played Jordan Poyer um, for my DB position, but there were some weeks where I did put in Harrison Smith. Um, but Jordan Poyer was a top ten safety this year. Uh, linebackers, I got Fred Warner, who has really like real life is really doesn't translate to fantasy for him. Um, and Dion Jones as well. Like he is just a guy at this point now, but the, the rest of that, my IDPs. Yeah. I got like Josh Allen, the D end. So, I mean, that's pretty much where my team's at. There's going to be some movement I imagine, but my IDPs are pretty weak. And if healthy, I feel like I have a good core, you know, like my plan heading for the future is to still compete I believe had my team been healthy this year, I would have been able to compete for a Super Bowl, and certainly I would have had a first-round bye. Uh, but, like, the injuries really plagued the team this year, and, you know, that's, that that is definitely a concern. Like, injuries just don't get better. So, you know, like, the core of my team, I would pretty much call, like, you know, Russell Wilson, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, A.J. Brown, and Mike Evans, and... You know, I kind of look at like Julio, Odell, and Penny as like supporting like supporters for that. Everyone else on this team, you know, is pretty much can be had for any price. So <laughs> let's work something out, anybody. I got two questions for you now about okay. your current core. So how are you concerned? Are you intrigued about all the rumors about Russell Wilson and his time in Seattle? What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I have a little concern, but like, cause I mean, from, uh, ignoring this year, he's been a top, he's been a top 10, um, fantasy quarterback for, he had nine straight years of being a top 10 fantasy quarterback, <clears throat> even in what is allegedly an offense that doesn't let him cook. Mm. So like, if he goes somewhere like what he's gonna, he's gonna go from top ten to better than top ten like, I mean it's. I I'm a little concerned because I don't know if the situation that he would go to would potentially be as good, um as the one that he's in right now like they got Metcalf and Lockett, got some weapons especially if Penny can end up being a good like they've got some offense like, Pete Carroll's mainly more so the problem rather than Russ. Mm. And then the so, – oh, I actually have three questions. So the second question I have would be uh, your main running backs being Chubb and Cook. Do you kind of foresee them having like X number of years of top-level talent? And then, you know, are you, what do you think you're going to do with those guys? Just kind of ride it out or do you think you're eventually going to p- at least put them on the market and see what you can get for a high price? Well, they're both 26 years old right now, as is Kareem Hunt. Um, as well and Madison I think is 23 so like my core of running backs are all you know 
26 and younger and Ronald Jones 24 like they're still years away from I feel like being at a point to where like okay like the cliff is coming mm. but like from a uh, competing standpoint if my team doesn't compete this year or next year for that matter like I could definitely see myself blowing everything up after the 2023 season mm. but like that core I don't see going anywhere soon sure the last question I kind of had was so Mike Evans I mean you've heard all the rumors now with Tampa being out about what's going to happen with Tom Brady so what is your thought about uh, Mike Evans and kind of his outlook as you know we personally I'll assume that Tom Brady's coming back but if he wouldn't what are your thoughts on that so Mike Evans, I feel like it's shown through his career that he is pretty much quarterback proof. Doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. He's got, I think, eight straight, eight years in the, yeah, he's got eight years in the league. All eight years, he's gotten at least a thousand yards. And, like, he, he has been pretty much quarterback proof. And whether it's Tom Brady or someone else walking in through that door, I still expect him to be a top 10 receiver. Um, this is this is side news. I I do have a uh, a follow up question on one of your players, but did you hear that the Vikings just came out with who they are assuming to be their top three options, according to Rappaport, for head coach? Uh, I have not. Go ahead and surprise me with them. Nathaniel Hackett. Thoughts? No. D'Amico Ryan's. I see why, because, um, you know, Cam had come from from them, and, like, the 49ers have really balled this year yeah. with, uh, like, he like they, they've held Dak and Rodgers on the road back-to-back weeks to one touchdown mm-hmm. uh, passing. And the third and their option is been great. Uh, Kevin O'Connell. I don't know who that is. He's the offensive coordinator for the Rams. Okay. So, out of that, like, I definitely want the Vikings to go with like, you know, initially I wanted them to go with, like, some guy under the age of 50 who was on the offensive side of the ball. And, at like, after hearing those, I, I feel like D'Amico Ryans might uh, be more of a Mike Tomlin mold and that he's more so a leader of the team than, like, X and O's as heavy, you know, as, like, shit, McVay, for example, would be. So... So like that, I feel like is like Ryan's might be the best. Like he was a good player. People aren't gonna like those guys that he like if he gets hired. You know they're not gonna just dismiss him and be like, oh, this guy's a butt. Like D'Amico could play, mm-hmm. and he's certainly been able to show that he can coach as well. And then, so the last question I kind of had for your roster is, uh, I guess this is also a Vikings question, but. Kirk Cousins, uh, do you believe any of these rumors that the Vikings are going to try to trade him or no? Mm, I don't know because, like, with the – we just hired a new GM today uh, with uh, Quisi Adolfo Mensa. So he – people talk about how he has more of a money ball approach to uh, analytics and player development and scouting. So, like – I don't know if they will or not. Like, I can tell you this, though. Like, Kurt Cousins, like, last 20 
call like look go look at like the box score of his last like 25 games and obviously box score is not the great way to look at but Kurt Cousins has not been the issue with the Vikings over the last two years. The offensive line and the defense and the entirety of the defense have been. And when I talk about offensive line, I mean strictly the interior offensive line and the defense. The Vikings' biggest problem was their defense. And like if the 2020 Vikings set the record for most points ever allowed in the final two minutes of the half and the 2021 vikings blew that record out of the water the vikings allowed like on average it was like five and a half points every game in the final two minutes of this of the first half if you just get rid of it like which is because like you know that the team is trying to score like obviously they're trying to score all the time but like you know they're they're passing the ball you know you know what's coming and the Vikings just could not stop that at any point in time. Their defense has been the huge issue. And because of that, like, I could almost see them, like, you know, going off your last one and going to D'Amico Ryan to see if he could fix um, the defense that Mike Zimmer let crumble. Because if they don't – if they allow half the points that they gave up in the final two minutes of the of the halves, like the end of the game or the final two minutes of the half, they would they would have won like eleven or twelve games if they were allowed half as many points as they did, and th- just pick those four minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Leave the rest of the fifty six. So like that was the biggest issue. So like the 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 productivity that Kirk has been putting up, like that can't. You're gonna have a hard time replacing that. And I'm st- I have through his entire career here been a Kirk Cousins supporter. And I think that I think that replacing him would be a mistake. So, on your franchise roster, you know, the common perception is you don't really have many picks. I think it was primarily the last two years, because if you look at your team, like this year you do have a second, and next year you have a first and a second, and then twenty twenty four pretty much resets. So I think yeah. you're still fine when it comes to picks, and obviously you could gain more if you kind of see yourself as not contending. You know, making some trades on some of those bigger assets. Yeah, the, you know, the big thing was like this year. At least I have a pick that's worthwhile. And last year, getting a pick that was worthwhile in, you know, like, in idea, and like I feel like I, although Trevor significantly underachieved as a rookie, I feel like I did enough with the other picks. Um, in terms of like their future potential in Mac Jones, Brevin Jordan, Davis Mills. Um, I just got to try to be timely. Like whoever this is that I pick in the second round, I better hope that they're a good pick because I shouldn't be banking on a second consecutive six round pick that pans out being worthwhile. Um, But yeah, I mean, uh, all future years, I got like my first and second round picks for, for all the foreseeable years. So, there's a lot of ways that I can still go it. I mean, if I want to uh, convince myself that I can still compete, I got you know multiple first round picks that I can trade away. Yep. So, uh, do you have any last kind of last second thoughts about your team? I think we gave a pretty good outlook and profile of your team, and you know how you've done so far in the league. I Man, I really, I really enjoyed the league, and I've really enjoyed my team, and I hope that. 
I hope that I can continue to compete. Uh, but if, if I do reach a point where if I do reach a point where I don't think that my team like can win a Super Bowl, like like that reset button will be hit. But I feel like my window to compete is still open now and still will be for the next couple of years. Um, obviously, I'm not the favorite or even, a, you know, I, I it's all about having a chance, mm-hmm. and I feel like my team has a chance. So, well, thank you for joining me on this episode. It was uh, pretty good to go through and turn the clocks back and look back at yet that startup draft, the trades that you've taken place in. Um, you know, obviously that inaugural season was the bright spot or brightest spot I should say of of your team in the franchise and obviously if you look at your overall record in this league um it's it's pretty impressive when you look at how many wins you got compared to losses so uh yes yeah so I I, I saw that and I, I had the um I have the second most amount or I'm well yeah wins but like I have the second highest winning percentage in the league and like I know that we discussed this before like what what was my record? Um, so okay, my overall record. Uh, if you were to like just take out Cascade, like, <laughs> I had like the highest winning percentage in the league. Like, um, right? Yeah. I'm pulling up the I'm pulling up the spreadsheet right now. <laughs> but I know that you yeah, a... you versus uh, Cascade Bear has definitely been a one sided affair. It's it's been a five zero beatdown, man. He is ha- every single week. Has had has had me. So you're 29 um, and 16 overall. It's a 64 okay. percent win percentage. If we take out the five losses to Cascade Bear, you're 29 and 11, and your win percentage is 72 percent. Okay, so I, regardless, I'd still have like the second highest winning percentage. Yep. Okay. Um. So looking at this here, it looks like um, we've got uh three teams that have made the playoffs every year with Sterk, me and uh justin yeah justin and he's been the first round exit for two of them <laughs> well a you got to get to the dance uh to party and mm-hmm. at least he's been present so yeah the uh so yeah looking at that oh um interesting here so i've got 16 total trades mm-hmm. um the of the people who've been in the league the entire time, the only people with less are um Cascade and Ryan. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Slaz took over in the middle of one, but uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't trade as much as some some of the people on here. So, you've got 49 trades. I can't <laughs> wait to hear you talk about that. Like, oh, god, I, I was at least able to remember what trades I had made and like track easily track down like what those players ended up becoming and whatnot. That ain't possible for you. Uh, <laughs> Some of those trades all. are irrelevant. Like, you know, for example, three of those trades have been me and Justin swapping fourth-round picks just randomly. So, you know, the throwaway trades, if you look at who it is, probably won't be discussed. Well. But obviously, yeah, it will be very hard to track what my overall team could look like. Yeah. So... A question that I have for you is how, how do you feel about the um, the trades that people have the, the the amount of trades people have made? So you see, we uh, have got you know you've got the the person with the most trades being you. Yep. Uh, the, 
person with the least amount of trades being Ryan and Cascade. So Cascade has got 12 trades, but that, he just he's been in the Super Bowl two years in a row. I was gonna say those and, have been pretty productive trades then if he only has 12 and he's been yeah, winning you know his worst yeah, season six so, and seven so that's still not that bad. Yeah, so how do you feel about the different approaches of being aggressive and conservative? I mean, it, it it really like I have forty nine trades, and clearly I, I think I had so my best season was eight and five, and I got bounced in the first round by D Slads in that. So until I actually put up playoff wins, the trades don't matter. But I guess the forty nine trades it also includes probably about what do you think ten to fifteen of me tearing it down. Yeah, it's to each their own. You, you know, obviously with. With guys like me, Will, Sterk, and Justin, we've traded the most. So, you know, those people are definitely going to be open to trades. The people that have made less trades, I don't know if it necessarily means they don't want to trade, but maybe they're just more conservative. I feel like Ryan just doesn't like trading at all, period. He did make one pretty big one this season, midseason, uh, the T. Higgins deal, in which he got another first. And, you know, with Ryan, obviously, la- the last two years now, he's going to have two top five picks. So I think yeah. he's more very, very conservative with the trades he makes and is more, um, I don't even know what you'd, you'd call it, the word for it, but definitely waits on making those trades. I don't really have an opinion. Obviously, you know, with me, I like trading more. Um, not, I, I don't think mine are necessarily more big trades. I think more, mine are more like one-to-one or two-to-two. Okay. So now with you, with your 16 trades, do you think that you do more more bigger trades or just kind of when it comes your way as being a value? Um, Probably more so if I see it as a, as a trade. Like, okay, I feel like every, obviously people aren't going to make trades unless they feel like they're winning that trade. Yeah. You know, like you don't make a trade unless you're like, okay, like I feel good about this. Um, I mean, I'm definitely open to trades. It's just that like uh i think one issue with my team is i'm very like my team is like roster wise very top heavy Mm. and i'm just reluctant to trade you know like this like i'm reluctant to trade you know russ and dalvin and you know chubb and evans so it's like and you definitely could trade them away for multiple players of value it's just that you view them as being you know top tier which they are yeah yeah so i mean it's more so like I, you know, and obviously it's been to, like, my detriment has been valuing, you know, star power rather than depth. But, you know, I think because of that, like, there, I feel like in terms of, like, quality players on my team, there's a big drop-off, and the bottom half of my roster has minimal value, Mm. you know, like, compared to the, or not minimal, but, like, if you were to compare the average roster, I probably have one of the weakest uh, like bottom halves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you have any yeah, other, I mean, I like other thoughts? Really open it. Uh, been fun to look at uh, the overall standings here, and mm-hmm. I hope that this year uh, goes well. Well, if you got nothing else, I think we'll kind of wrap it up here. Pretty nice episode to start it off. Uh, next week, we're actually going to be breaking down the candle still lit, who is the third owner of the roster. So, like, 
I don't know really what he's got to talk about, but he might just kind of pick in my brain about Dynasty. It might It's definitely going to be a, a different feel to the episode, knowing that you've been in the league the entire time. And, you know, this is Johnny's first runaround with, with Dynasty. So it should be a pretty interesting episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, the... This is the first dynasty team that I ever had, and uh, it's still right now the only one that I've had as well. So like I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the um, the the whole process of dynasty, and I do at this point now prefer it as opposed to like regular redraft leagues. Yeah, and I'm going to try to have one with uh, like my hometown boys, um, moving forward. Like try to get that up and running in the summer, just because. The league's been so good, and you've done a great job commissioning it. Thank you so. for that. I heard that uh, actually it was directly from the source. You're going to be the commissioner, and it'll be a complete dictatorship. Is that true? <laughs> Did my brother tell you that? Yeah. <laughs> from from <laughs> a Santorelli. I didn't say which one. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's a dictatorship, but like... It, it's gonna be you know like uh, trying to think of a good compare like think of the 2018 cleveland cavaliers <laughs> i'm lebron james so you're the gm and the player i dude i'm the president I, i'm the owner i'm the gm i'm the head coach and the quarterback got it so doing it all. <laughs> uh, I mean, definitely be open for uh, some interpretation on the rules and things. So it'd be a good, good uh, stuff for that. And we'll see how it goes. But um, I think I'll be the only person with dynasty experience in whatever that startup's going to be. I only got nine on tap right now. So I'm going to have to reach out to some guys at work. Yeah. See, if we can get that going as well. So, all going to be active yeah, I mean, owners, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to be pretty selective with who I'm picking. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, guys that I know watch football every week. Uh, so, that's the plan. And I feel like, given the people that are going to be in the league, like, it's pretty much going to be drawing from, you know, like, I guess, like, two different pools, which would be, like, people from my hometown, and then, like, people from work. Sure. So the work people are going to want to be in it because of other work people and the hometown boys are going to want to be in it because they know, you know, half the league as well. So, yeah. and then there'll be just you know, me knowing everyone, I guess, but it is kind I'm of interesting that... how like our league that we have right now, I feel like we don't all know each other, like actually know each other on an individual basis, but I feel like there's still pretty good camaraderie around the, around the block. Yeah, I mean, in terms of people that, like, I personally know, let's see, we got just running down the list. Uh, you know, just the Whitewater boys. That's it. Well, that's really all we got in this episode. For those of you that are listening, I appreciate it. Hopefully you, you enjoyed hearing Randy and his insight on his team and how he started out, kind of how it's going now. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm sure Randy appreciates it. And if you have any questions about his roster, you know where to find it. It's uh, sleeper.app, and it could be an app on your phone. 
and you hit the DM button. It's not hard to find, even though some make it feel like it's hard to find. So right thank- there, or hit or hit me up in a text. Hey. You can ask the commit. You can ask the commish for my number. He'll get it. You to got you. it in the Constitution. You can find it. Two hundred mil alls, ready to make trades, ready to make deals, and ready to compete. Twenty twenty two is my year. Let's make it happen. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.